All right, Dad. Thank you, everybody. Can you hear me okay? All right. I uh, was planning on doing something tonight, but I've uh, felt a little shift here in the last 30 minutes. So I'm going to uh, I'm just going to talk some practical things tonight about keeping the harvest. Keeping the harvest. I'm going to talk to you about retention. Uh, as an evangelist, you know, you travel around, you see a lot of people get the Holy Ghost, a lot of people coming to church, but then not necessarily staying. And so um, what I'm going to give you tonight is some stuff I've worked on for a while, and uh, but basically just throw some ideas at you as leaders to kind of help you uh, grow the church. You're growing numerically, you're growing uh, spiritually in all areas, but, but this is going to be something to help the church grow uh, with people, with guests as well. So uh, this is just some stuff that I hope helps you. And if it doesn't, uh, you can say I flopped, and that's fine. It's, I'm used to that. Um, so, number one, there's some studying here. Every guest that walks into your church asks themselves three questions while they're talking to you. The first question every guest asks themselves when they walk into a church is, Do I feel welcomed here? So it can't just be one person, but it's got to be a bunch of people, overwhelmingly, that make them feel welcome. If it's if it's I felt welcome by this one person, but nobody else, then then they don't feel welcome. But when they feel welcome, it's because the church as a whole shows hospitality, which I know your church does. Uh, but the second question is a great question that every uh, guest asks themselves. I read this article online. Do my kids love it here? Do my kids love it here? Because no matter how much they love it, if the kids hate it, they're not coming back. And so in the article, the guy said, uh, what impresses parents? And the first thing is professionalism. Professionalism impresses parents, knowing their kids will be safe. Uh, secondly is knowing that uh, their kids like it, happy. Basically, they, you want the parent picking the kid up after church and the kids saying, I don't want to go home. This place is amazing. That's, that's the kind of thing that will bring the family back to the house of God. So they're, they're impressed with professionalism. They're impressed with their child being happy. The third question that every guest asks themselves is this. How do I go forward from here with this church? Another way of looking at it is, is there a plan in place here that lets me develop and grow, or is this just a club that I'll never fit into? Is this, a, is this a church where I can start to be a part? Is there a ministry for me, uh, or do I have to get to a certain level before I'm even accepted? And we know that we don't compromise any standards. We don't compromise all that stuff. There are certain levels of ministry that are available to certain levels of dedication and commitment. But I would say that there needs to be a plan in place in every church that when a guest comes, it's not just, okay, you're here, you sit there for a long time until we deem you ready, but find a way to get the guest involved. Find a way to get the guest involved at the church, whether it's picking up donuts, whether it's parking cars, whether it's anything, assisting somebody. If they feel like they are a part of the church, they feel like they're accepted and they can develop are far more likely to come back if they feel like they can develop there versus feeling like I'll never fit in here. 
Ritz-Carlton hotel chain has a 15 to 5 rule for all their employees, and that is this. When a guest walks into Ritz-Carlton, when you are as an, as an employee, when the guest gets 15 feet from you, you are to smile at every single guest. But if they get within five feet of you, you are to say something kind and encouraging to the guest. Every employee has to do this. You can be fired if you do not do this. It's called the 15 to 5 rule. We greet you from 15 feet away with a smile. But if you get close enough and you get speaking distance, we will be speaking to you. That is how professional companies do it. And so it's amazing how we could t take that those kind of thoughts and put them into the church where every guest feels overwhelming love, overwhelming uh, compassion. I'll say this. If you're going to get a lot of guests coming, and you guys have had guests coming the last couple of years, several years, uh, since really since the year Dad preached that uh, message about um, sowing seed in the land of famine, uh, since that year is yes, when you started seeing great growth, I would say that... Um, that from all the research I've done, all the things, all the events I've preached, that uh, if you're going to get a great number of guests in, you need to plan an event. Whether it's just a service on a Sunday, call it something. Call it some Miracle Sunday, uh, Deliverance Sunday, whatever. But something uh, so that you can, when you're talking to the guests, there's something for them to look forward to. Now, here's, a, here's something that's very interesting. 80% of the guests that come to the church will come through personal evangelism. 20% will come through corporate evangelism. So four out of five people that are going to come are only going to come because they know you already. So you already know your harvest right now. 80% of your harvest is already connected to you. You might be related to them. You might work with them. You might live near them. But your harvest is, is closer to you than you think it is. Now, you have outreach on Saturdays for the 20%, because you don't want to ignore 20% of the harvest, obviously. And those people come through no relationship, through a brokenness in their life, through pain and something they're going through. But most people will come simply because they trust you and they know you. And whether they are broken or not, they trust you and the relationship they have with you. And therefore, because you want them to come, they come. Also, the same number, 80%, of guests are far more likely to come. Uh, uh, Eighty percent of your guests will come to an event versus a regular service. So you will have a far greater result of guests if there's if there's a reason why Easter is the biggest Sunday at every church every year. Okay, there's a reason why. There's a reason why uh, big events, Christmas services with with kids plays or whatever that draws crowds. So when there's something planned, people tend to come. Whatever their reasoning is, they come. So having something that you can call it, whether it's making flyers, making cards, saying come to come to whatever we're, whatever we're calling it, that's far more likely to draw people than just come to church with your regular church card. No offense to anybody. I tell this everywhere. The church card's awesome, but when you have something that they can see that's, that's connecting to their need, deliverance, healing, miracles, whatever it is, it's going to be. It's going to be uh, much more likely that they're attracted to that, and that they draw near to that versus just whatever. Uh, here's something that we're doing with the crusade that we're planning in Wisconsin. That's very. Uh, that's this crusade is going to be in Milwaukee at this arena, but it's also going to be live streamed throughout the state. In fact, other states are now live streaming in local churches that cannot make it. But here's how we're getting churches to bring people to their local church for this event. 
And this is something you could start right now, tonight. And that is write five names down, either in your phone or on paper. Write five names down that you know, whether and all of them are lost. Five names, friends, family, five people that, that, you, that you are personally attached to and start praying and fasting for these five names, okay? If you can't find five, find three. Pray till you have five. And then these five are going to become your personal goal for your harvest. These are going to be your, your Bible studies. These are going to be your uh, disciples. These are going to be the ones you're working on. And you're praying and fasting about it. And now, if you're afraid to do outreach, if you're afraid to go knock doors, this is a great baby step into doing outreach. Because now you're not, you're not at the forefront, but yet you're involved. You're, you're, you're at war with the enemy for five people right now. And when you put those five names down, and you have an event coming up, first thing you do is when you make contact with those five people, you don't invite them to the event. You mention the event in your conversation. So you're talking to them about whatever, the weather. Boy, it's crazy. I, I wish I could go forward with them, but we're planning this event at the church. We're planning this great Sunday where all these things are going to happen. You just start to spark the, the uh, interest by talking about what's coming up. And then when you make the next call or the next text, you be, they already know what you've mentioned before, and now you begin to spark their interest. Now, regardless if God gives you all five of your guests or zero of the five, he will give you a harvest of people when you start to reach out into the harvest field beyond just, God, we're praying for it to come. I know a lot of churches that are praying for it to come, and then it never comes. But I do know a lot of churches that, that plan and reach. And when you plan and reach, you see the things that uh, other churches do not see. So these are some practical things. Write five names down. Start praying and fasting over these names. God, give this person the truth. Reach out. Start reaching out, helping them. Now, here's something that, that the Lord gave me that I want to give you uh, on, on keeping the guests once they come. So... Let's just use, uh, Brother, Brother Wes, I see in the front row, let's use you for example. You have a friend at work or a friend on your neighborhood. He's about your age, married with kids. You invite him to church. He comes, uh, his family comes with him. They sit with you and they enjoy the service and they leave. He has one connection to Palmer Pentecostal Church. That's you. He has who knows how many connections to the world. Okay. So the, 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 the odds of him staying are not very good if you remain the only connection to the church that he has. So you have to build a network around the guest to get the guest to keep coming. Now, this is very, this is very, very important because time is a killer. In fact, in the marketing world, that's what they say, that time is the deal killer. So when someone comes on Sunday morning, let me just give you this example. When they come to our crusade, May 23rd, Sunday night, the plan is in place, whether they're coming to the arena or they're coming to one of the local churches, that within 48 hours, they have been contacted twice in 48 hours, once within 24 hours from leadership of that church, and once after that. So two contacts in 48 hours. And here's the reason why. If they, if you, it's kind of like a message you hear preached. You love it in the moment, and then you forget about it. 30 seconds after church is over and you tell people that was great, but you can't remember what was preached. So imagine that with your guest. You bring them, they love it, but then 
they they drift three to four days, five days. And if they don't hear from the church, they think they liked it there. Some people will come back, but a lot of people will not because they want to feel loved beyond the moment of the service. So here, here's here's the deal. If your guest comes, Brother Wes, and, and only you stay attached to him, it's going to be hard to keep him. But if Brother Playle connects to him, and if Brother Stacy connects to him, Brother Tostin connects to him, and some of the ladies connect with his wife, before long, if different people are reaching out to your, to your guest, there's 8 or 10 or 12 people that have surrounded like a, like a network around your guest. Now it's 10 times harder for your guest to get away from the church because there's a network reaching for the guest, not just you trying to work on it. You're still the Bible study teacher. You're still the midwife praying the baby through. You're, you're doing all that. But the, they want to come because they feel the love from this person, this person, this person, this person, that person. So you're going to keep the guest if the guest has a network around them. Now, so the plan is for like, for instance, what we're doing is 24 hours Leader, uh, 24 hours uh, after they come, and this is very essential that we you get their information. I know it's so basic, and it's not spiritual, but this, just just go with me for a moment. Uh, you know, I preached at a church recently, 19, got the Holy Ghost, and the pastor literally said on the platform, do you think we should get their names? And I wanted to walk away because I was like, well, what are we doing here? Like, what's You know, you, you're going to burn them and then abort them. So, uh, you know, I think that that getting information is is huge. Getting whatever they're whatever they're willing to give, you know, on the card when it comes to, you know, their name, address, phone number, want a Bible study, etc. Now, the reason you get the information is someone besides you that brought the guest, Brother West, needs to reach out to them. Someone besides you, you're going to be saying, "Hey, man, do you like the service? Come back. We want you to come back." They know that, but when when pastor calls, when when Brother Anthony calls, when when someone else calls. Like, whoa, this church really did notice me. They really did care about me. So now you've got different people. So the plan that we do is 24 hours they get uh, an email or a text, 48 hours they get a call, and within seven days there has, there has been a personal visitation to them. Someone brings them cookies. Someone brings them uh, whatever. I mean, just someone reaches out. Now, this is very important on the, on the, on the personal visitation that the demographic be proper. So if your guest is, if, you're, if it's a 20-year-old girl, you're not bringing a 20-year-old guy to talk to her at her apartment. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking of, you're thinking of what makes the guest comfortable. You're bringing a young lady or a, or a lady with a family at the church. You want someone to be comfortable. If it's an elder, you're taking, you're, an elder is going to go knock on the door and talk to them. Because the reason is, and this is how you get church involved in outreach and, and retention is you want the guests to feel that network is connected to them personally. Like, wow, I have people I can, I have, I can, I love the atmosphere. I love the preaching. I think the church is powerful, but more than that, I've got friends here. I've got people that want me to hang out with me and want to talk to me. You're not going to lose those types of people. Now, now here's, here's a big one. New people bring new people. Okay, the new people win the new, and the reason is the new convert has a lot of connections still in the world that the person that's been in church thirty years does not have. My, you know, if I bring someone to church tomorrow and they and they get the Holy Ghost and they get baptized in Jesus' name, they're going to have a lot more connections to the world than I am. 
because my connections are in the church. So, so if you get a network around the new people, guess what the new people are going to do? They're going to bring their family, bring their friends, bring, bring everyone. And, you know, a Cornel- it's, like a, it's like the beginning of a Cornelius revival. A Cornelius revival is where you have the entire family coming, not just one person getting the Holy Ghost. The whole family gets it. And, you know, Cornelius revival has got three elements, praying, giving, and fasting. And, and, so, and, and then someone reaching, someone coming to Cornelius' house. So you got praying, Cornelius is praying, giving, fasting, but then the church had to come to knock on the door and talk to him. So, so my point is, uh, like in that Stockton, California revival we had seven or eight years ago, uh, we, let me just give, tell you a quick little story. We went there in March to help work the altars for a Holy Ghost event they had. We weren't, we weren't preaching it. They had someone else preaching it. They asked us to come help work the altar call. We went there, flew across the country from Florida. Had Jude was only three months old. We went there. We prayed a bunch of people through. And then they asked us to come back in June to do a, a youth camp at their church. So we come back two months later. Let me back up. In that service, we were there. 235 or 240 received the Holy Ghost. It was 240. 205 Sunday morning, 35 Sunday night. So 240 got the Holy Ghost. We come back two months later. We did the, the little youth camp, stayed over Sunday, and God filled 61 people with the Holy Ghost. That Sunday, went, that caused a five-week revival where 402 people got the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you the numbers for a reason. This is what they told me. That opening service, when 61 got the Holy Ghost, there was no outreach the day before. 90% of the staff was gone. It was like desolate on the platform. But this is what they said. All these people that get the, are getting the Holy Ghost are related to the people that came to the crusade back in March. The new people were bringing the new people. The harvest continues to domino when you keep the people connected that come in. So, you know, so if it's been a while since you had a big breakthrough Holy Ghost, maybe maybe it's happened every Sunday. I know you're having powerful church lately. So what I feel to tell you is take it to the next level with this this is getting powerful. Now let's get these people not just in the atmosphere, but plugged into the culture of who we are so that they can bring their family. And before long, you can't fit the revival in that room right there because there's so many people that want to come. So uh, it's just basic stuff. But, you know, at, at this, this, this crusade we're doing here, there is so many people that are coming. Trinitarian churches are coming. Their whole congregations are coming. And it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. But the hardest thing we've had in planning is how can we keep them? How can we go from this is a great event to there in our churches Sunday morning and Sunday night? And the, the plan is, and this is what we're seeing across America, is you have to have the network. The church cannot, you know, up until Acts 8 verse 4, leadership did everything. And as long as leadership does everything, you're not going to have the breakout revival. But in Acts 8, verse 4, they went everywhere preaching the word. They got, a, they got persecuted, and it caused the whole church to become preachers. When the whole church, and I love it, my pastor said this, you don't need a pulpit. You get a, you get a Bible study, you've got a pulpit right there. And you can start reaching anybody possible. But you have to desire, do we want the whole church to have revival? Or do we want to have a few people pushing here and there? If pastor has to push and I'm not saying he does, and, I, and just, just get up and correct me if I'm wrong, but if pastor has to push 
push, push, push for a few people to get involved here and there, and he has to reward you all the time to get involved, then before long, before long, you are you are, you are stuck in a mentality of I'm receiving. You have to beg me. I receive. I receive. You can't have revival receiving. Revival is about giving, reaching, stretching, pushing, going beyond yourself. So, my my point is that if we're going, if you're going to have this break, which I think you are, I think I don't think God gave you the new building just because you couldn't fit in the old building. I think He gave you the new building because He plans to fill up the new building and more after that. That's what God doesn't do things accidentally. So my so so it would make sense that we would say, okay, how can we get involved in not just the outreach? And I, I've been looking at over in my mind what we've been talking about in in my sessions with you, and I thought, okay. Dad's had me do altar training. We've talked about outreach. Clearly, there's a harvest coming because this is something the Lord, you don't, this, this kind of stuff, I'm just telling you from 20 years of traveling, these kind of things only happen when churches are about to break into revival. And so, so because of that, then you, you want to plan in place. Um, a friend of mine did a study, and, and uh, this is crazy, but he said in the United Pentecostal Church International and the UPCI in America, there's 1.5 million seats in, in the whole nation, in our sanctuaries. And we're claiming these big, huge revivals are coming. We can't even house them if they did come. We're not even prepared for it at all. And we're acting like God's going to blow our minds and we're going to win the whole world. And we can't even win half our town. So the, tr the truth is, you know, you've got to get a Joseph mentality. Joseph said, let's build a bigger barn, build bigger storehouses. Let's start saving. Let's start preparing. And I think that, uh, and, I, and I believe this, that, God gives you what you can manage, not what you can dream of. So, you know, the very first job man ever had was a manager. God told Adam to manage this garden. I want to see how good of a manager you are. And so uh, I think God gives you the revival that you can handle. So my point is if you prepare, the reason why I'm telling you guys this is because you're at that 200 level. And I see a lot of churches that, that go 50, 60, they never get beyond that. If they do get beyond that, they tap into that 100, 120. But then sometimes they leave that 120 and they go to that 200 realm. And churches, so many churches get stuck at the 200 level. And here's why. They think like a church of 200, not like a church of 500. But when you think like a church of 500, God gives you the, the extra 300 people. So you have to think bigger than what you are to become bigger than what you are. But if you're waiting to get bigger, saying, come on, where are the guests? What's going on? Well, they're not, they're not coming because there, there's no plan to keep them. You, so if you, if you have a plan to keep them, God will send them to you faster than you can even think about. Because he wants them to be saved more than I do, more than you do. So the, the thing is, start preparing without your evidence. Start preparing for what you have faith for God to send and then build on it, prepare for it, have, th you know, uh, some, some churches do something that, that I, I don't know, y'all may do this, I don't know, but I've seen a couple churches do this, where um, when they have guests come, they have a, a reception for the guest after church, where they go in and, you know, get a little welcome card, whatever, get a gift, but some churches have a class set up, and once the guest gets the Holy Ghost, they immediately encourage them to enroll in this class, where they start to grow and learn the doctrine, and learn the the ways of the church. And when they start, those people are, they keep those people 10 times out of 10. It seems like they keep these people when they get connected to development, not just connected to the atmosphere. So they're going to love your singing. They're going to love your preaching. They're going to love the altar call. They're going to love the people, but have, 
uh, and I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm just throwing this because this is what I, this is what I tell everybody. But have a plan in place where they're not just they're not just loving the experience, but they love the culture and they want to be a part of the culture of this church. And if you get that, you you can't block it. The revival that's going to come, uh, it's it's unbelievable what God will trust you with. So I think we're praying a lot of things that we're not planning for. We're praying for things that we're not preparing for. We're believing God for things that we're not stretching for behind the scene. Uh, God gives you Jericho because you've conquered territory all the way up to Jericho. But then you get carnal, you get an attitude, God won't even give you AI, the next city. So, But the, 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 the God trusts you with great things when he sees you marching toward it, preparing, 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 preparing. And I think that from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, I mean, you got 60 or 70, 80 people here tonight on, on an off night. You've clearly got a great core, a great group of people that want revival. If this, this group right here in this center section was all in and, and on, the out, on the outreach and the retention, you, you, you would blow the, this church upside down. You'd see revival. The balcony would be full all the time. So, uh, it's, it's, we, we got the spiritual stuff down. We're praying. We're fasting. We're doing the outreach. We're all in. But maybe, uh, maybe, maybe some of us are not, and I test everywhere, maybe we just need to prepare in advance for what we really want God to do. Uh, because we're, we're saying, God, it's all on you. It's all on you. It's all on you. And then we're wondering why it's not happening. Well, it's not all on God. It's not. It's not on God at all. He already died. What more do you want him to do? He died for you. But I mean, but we definitely want to say, God, here I am. How can I get involved? What can I do? You can start with those five names. Just start hammering those five names. And when you get a guest, connect your guest to the church. Connect your guest to Pastor and Sister Herring. Connect them to leadership. Connect them to your friends. Bring them. Have 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 friends come over and invite your 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 disciple. You know, and hey, we're all hanging out having dinner, and your disciples there. Get the disciple connected to the church, and your disciple will win another disciple, and they'll win another disciple, and then you you won't be able to stop. Them. So that's just some basic stuff, and I don't know if it helps, but basically, my point is that that your guests are talking to themselves when they're there and, and they're smiling. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're so kind, but they're talking to themselves inwardly. And so, and you already have the culture that's so energetic and so alive and so attractive. So why not take it one step further to where it's not just attractive, it's engaging. And that person doesn't want to be away from it. They want to be at that church every chance they can. There's a reason why new converts are on fire and show up to everything. There's a reason why they feel like this, the place they're at engages them. It's more than just what God did for them. This, where they're at is better than where they live at home. When they come to the house of God, it's better than what the atmosphere that they're, that they're leaving at the house. And so they want to be there. And it's, it's, it's the most exciting thing to them. The problem is we have got this great life at home. And then it's, so it's comfortable to us. It's comfortable. Yeah, but it's not it's not comfortable to the new convert. They're they're dealing with drug addictions and they're dealing with craziness in the house and fighting and arguing. So when they get there, it's like, whew, I just want to feel some peace. I just want to feel something different. And then all of a sudden everyone loves on them and they no wonder they're on fire for God when they when they first get in. We want to keep that mentality and keep that atmosphere. So anyway, questions, concerns, comments. <laughs>